no, no plunder on TV will ever get a job again. <laughs> Dumb and dumb, I'd call Hello and welcome back to the uh, 40 yard switch. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're, we're back to uh, regularly scheduled programming and uh, it's just me and Woody today. I mean, Woodson. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we'll be in Woodson, back to what we know best, the dynamic duo. Uh, yeah, it feels good to be, get, be back in our regular little office space. Yeah, sitting, that's sitting right. across from each other on like exactly. last week. Not on Zoom anymore. That did feel really weird last week, I gotta say. Yeah, I hated that. I hate, I hate being on Zoom. It, it sounded, it was, it, it still made for a good episode in the end because like there's lots to talk about, but just like, like the conversation is just so hard to like, yeah, not cut anyone off and whatever. But yeah, uh, even though it's the international break, I mean, what we thought would be quite a dead week, it's fallen in our lap. This amazing, or uh, well, not amazing, but this, uh, in- sort of interesting out, interesting and incredible out, sort of out of nowhere takeover it kind of happened overnight didn't it yeah it's, it was bizarre I mean I, I remember hearing about it like a couple it was like months ago maybe and yeah. then it felt it all fallen through and then it sort of came back out of nowhere yeah seemingly but yeah so to be in sport finally allowed their games to be broadcast in Saudi Arabia and the green light was that was was given yeah right uh, so yeah some basic stuff um, obviously Newcastle United have been bought out by the Saudi Arabia's sovereign wealth fund to the tune of 300 million pounds. Uh, the club's now owned by the wealth fund, but will be run by Amanda Staveley, a British businesswoman who helped broker the deal. And uh, yeah, so we're just going to, like before we address all the footballing things, which is what we know best, obviously we need to get out of the way the, the bad things about it. Yeah. So yeah, obviously Saudi Arabia is a state fraught with various human rights breaches, the most notable of which the murder and dismembering apparently of Jamal Khashoggi. Yep, that's his name. In 2018. Yeah, I I, I can't remember when it was, but yeah, that, I mean that's the 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 most recent of a of a pretty well probably not the most recent actually, yeah. but yeah, um, yeah, the most notable a, a, a long list of human rights issues in the country for sure yeah to do with things with like uh, like not treating women right not treating lgbtqi people right um uh to name lots of other things and basically the general gist from articles i've read is that they are following in qatar's footsteps and using sport as a way to sport wash their identity in the global sort of scene which is which is a pretty shitty thing to do but as I've also read in lots of other articles, this is it's not really a new thing. They're yeah. not the first person. They're not the first country to do it, or the first you know, dodgy company to do it, or dodgy billionaire to do it, and they won't be the last. Yeah. So yeah, like I don't know. Yeah, there's 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 plenty of instances of big superpowers who don't who don't do things very well using this sort of soft power to make themselves seem better than they are, but. Anyway, yeah, let's not <laughs> yeah, let's let's not dwell on the negatives for too long because with this comes a lot, and I mean a lot of interesting uh, narratives as far as footballing is uh, concerned. Yeah, like this has huge implications for the Premier League, has huge implications for Newcastle as a club. Obviously, goes without saying. Uh, so the first and foremost, the biggest one for me straight off the bat is Mike Ashley is finally gone. Like. 
a man who refused to invest much more than the bare minimum in the club, would you say? Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, he's gone and their, their time of being hamstrung as a club in the transfer market is over, probably. Uh, so yeah, yeah, huge implications. Yeah, I mean that the, they they all seem very happy. I mean the the, the fans. I mean that that he's finally gone, and yeah, it, it it does seem a little bit that for a club that has as much potential as Newcastle does, being you know a one um, one team city, St James's Park being sort of the center of being in this like the city limits um, and being a big part of that. There's lots of potential for it to be one of the biggest clubs in the world, and yeah. having an owner like Mike Ashley who is being quite tight-fisted, um, I suppose it, w- it was a bit disappointing. But yeah, and I guess also a club that would have a level of global recognition around the world due to the vastly successful goal movies. Like we joke about it, but like it would be recognised, especially in America and that part of the world. Yeah, people a lot love those movies. Love those movies. Well, we the didn't... first movie. The first movie. And the second movie to an extent, not the third movie. We don't talk about that one. <laughs> but yeah, the, the first goal movie is iconic in, in terms of like f- movies, like in terms of like f- football and cinema culture, really. So there's that there's that level of global outreach. There's the fact that you mentioned St. James's Park is that for a team that is, you know, pretty much surviving relegation most seasons they set out a 50,000 plus capacity stadium every week yeah so, that is an awesome stadium yeah it's an awesome have stadium. you been have you you've been there haven't you nah, oh you I haven't, haven't been there. yeah <laughs> well it's on, it's on the list for sure it is now yeah yeah um so the, i think the first thing we have to talk about in terms of the the changes that will be ringing in uh, as as the weeks and months progress is the the new manager cuz obviously Steve Bruce has been uh, heavily rumoured to be on uh, on his last legs. His days are numbered, as it were. Yeah, I, th- I think just... I mean, no matter what, I-, I feel like when the new owners come in, being in the position they are, that you they they're just you just need a fresh start. Um, and I mean, I, we've spoken about it before, probably off air, but Steve Bruce definitely has a a ceiling of low mid table. So yeah. And also, like, this is something I was thinking about today. It's like, it's a bit of like a superficial thing to say, but he hasn't really got a face for a club of <laughs> the stature Newcastle want to be, you know? When you think of like a glamorous top top half, top flight team, you don't envision Steve Bruce. Yeah, I mean, Jurgen Klopp had to get his teeth fixed once exactly. once, once he got Liverpool to where they are. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, it's it, Although, one thing I will say before we think, talk about who they might bring in is it's it seems like he, he might be axed before he's 1,000 game as a coach which will be disappointing for me I feel like he's been a stalwart in the English game whether it be championship or Premier League and I feel like he deserves to not not have his first game I mean, his thousandth game uh, as a manager be his first game at a new club I yeah feel like, yeah but it looks like it's not gonna happen I, f- I feel like it's okay and he, he probably I don't know he's achieved a lot in his career as a player and a manager and probably he probably wouldn't mind that much. He's probably going to get a big payout as well. He will, yeah. When he leaves, so that's fair. Like, maybe, it's, maybe it's it's hard to feel too bad for him. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I'm romanticizing a little bit too much. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Now we onto the topic of who do they bring in. So my first thing is I don't think the names of Zidane or Conte should be on the table. I don't know if you agree with me here. Yeah, I th- I, I think the main thing is it, you need a long term prospect who's not going to be there for one or two years and that's what Zidane and Conte are just yeah. known for yeah so I've got down that 
yeah, not a, a manager like that is too big and also, like you said, too short term. But yeah, essentially what, what I think the ownership will move towards is an attractive brand of football, first and foremost, so not like a Jose Mourinho type, and a manager who is obviously a slightly higher profile in world football than Steve Bruce was. Would you agree those two points? Yeah, I, I, th- I think they'll go for something like that. But at the same time, I'd, I don't think the stature needs to be that much higher than Steve Bruce for me. I just yeah. think it needs to be someone with potential. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I've, got, uh, I've listed down a, a couple guys, but we'll just bounce off each other, I reckon. So you want to go first with your one? Or do you want me to go well, first? Well, I've, I've sort of got two that I kind of like for different reasons. So there's... Um, so maybe if I go one of mine and then you can go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go on, so Lucien Favre. So he is he's he's, he's managed like basically oh, is he the Dortmund guy. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's managed all over Europe, starting off in Switzerland, which he's native to, um, and most recently with Borussia Dortmund, and had spells uh, in the Bundesliga um, at other clubs, um, and I think in league on as well oh, yeah. so he's got heaps of managerial experience he's he's around 60 and apparently I, I don't know this firsthand but apparently plays quite a like attractive brand of football so i think there you've got you you've got the experience um and what would seem to be an attractive brand of football um and something that could be a long-term prospect so yeah that's my first and probably speaks decent english yeah, well. he yeah, and it's interesting. He most recently he turned down the Crystal Palace job. Oh, really? For Patrick Vieira. So I'm not sure whether maybe he had an idea yeah, of what was going to happen. But yeah, yeah, that's, no, that's a good shout. I think I saw his name when I was looking at managers who were out of a job, and I saw he coached Dortmund. And when you say like uh, a good brand of football that he plays, like Dortmund is pretty known for picking managers who play that nice sort of attacking football. So yeah, that's a good shout. Yeah, uh, my first. Shout is um, Eddie Howe. Now, pretty similar level to Steve Bruce, but I've always thought that he deserved to take the next step to a bigger club after his time with Bournemouth. I thought he did so much with so little at that club that, and he plays an incredibly attractive brand of football as well, his teams do, that I felt like it was the logical next step for a you know, mid to top half table uh maybe he's like for, for like the sites that newcastle have maybe he's not quite there but i do i think like and this he's not my top candidate i'm gonna get on my top candidate in a second but like i just thought like he is someone who i think would be able to step up to the challenge and i would be really, really interested to see how he would do in a, a a better club than bournemouth with abundantly more money to spend on players he likes to implement his style yeah, I think yeah, I I think that's a really good shout. It's not someone that I thought of to be honest, but but yeah, I hundred percent agree with, with with every point. He's he I reckon he has he's probably a similar stature to Steve Bruce, but you can tell that his ceiling is um is is a lot higher yeah. than, than 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 Bruce's. So so yeah, um my, <laughs> my 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 second choice I reckon is pretty similar to that and uh in Graham Potter. Oh yeah, nice. I reckon he has a way higher ceiling. He's at that sort of I mean a higher stature than Bournemouth at the moment um um at Brighton. But yeah, I I just think in terms of he's got that experience behind him. He's got like a definitely a long-term prospect. He's a, a youngish manager. Um 
a high ceiling and again a decent brand of football yeah I, I agree with everything you said there the only thing that because I, I also thought of him too the only thing that knocked me back was I'm pretty sure he just signed a new contract to stay with Brighton until some time like 2023 20, or 4 so but but then it's it's modern football anything can happen like exactly and out. I think exactly Newcastle would be able to buy out what whatever clauses in that contract yeah. with with that much financial as, power as, as much of a bat of an eyelash yeah is, is that the saying I don't know yeah anyway, without batting an eyelid yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> something like that alright now my top <laughs> candidate for the Newcastle job and this I think this will surprise you a little bit Frank Lampard now, hear me out hear me out here I don't agree hear me out here hear me out here he actually did a really good job when Chelsea were uh, under the transfer ban in keeping a young and relatively tight small like no big super no, no like um no like overly expansive squad and got them to finish fourth right and I feel like he was that was the level he was he was around he was a manager that got maybe got a little bit lucky that season finished fourth but he was around a fourth to sixth manager with that Chelsea team obviously he wasn't there he wasn't good enough and wasn't ready yet to take that team to the next level but I think I do think he's a good enough manager to manage a, a team that is in the midst of the mid middle of the Premier League and I do think he might like I do think as well he's if he can have a transfer budget that he wants to implement and he can have a team that doesn't have Champions League expectations straight away but is building something kind of like what he was building at Derby like, even though that's the championship I just feel like he's actually not a terrible manager but I, I just don't think he was ready for what Chelsea were ready for and I think Newcastle a team that's admittedly in the relegation zone right now I know they have this new ownership they'll be looking to be in the Champions League in three years or something like that but like fact of the matter is they're not anywhere close to that now so I feel like he's a good guy he's managed lesser teams he's managed better teams than where Newcastle are he's a good middle profile it's sort of the perfect sort of profile of a job for him to really sort of dig in two, three, four seasons and just see what he can do yeah it's 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 a decent take, I reckon. But for me, I still think because of his lack of experience, and because even though the expectations will be different to when he was at Chelsea, they're still going to be intense, and the job is arguably a lot harder. Well, maybe not arguably. The job is harder. <laughs> He's got to come in. What, what what is it what is it now November no October yeah he's got to come in decide on a, a big bunch of transfers transfers in transfers <laughs> in in January and then make it work straight away and then even make bigger. sure they don't get relegated yeah and again I just think when the going got tough at Chelsea and when expectations started um, piling on top of him. The exp- the lack of experience showed, and I think that will that will happen there. That will That's happen fair. There too. That's fair. Yeah, yeah but no. but 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 yeah, it's 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 a decent shout. It, it, it would be interesting to see. That's for sure. It would definitely be interesting yeah. to see. Uh, I mean, and he's obviously got a lot of football smart. So maybe and maybe he has gained a lot from that time as Chelsea manager. So yeah, I, I could get like all of these picks. In my opinion, are all like definitely like you could see it happening. Picks, but like for those reasons, I do think. Your, the, the two guys you've said already are probably better choices. Uh, which brings me on to 
my have you got another you haven't got another guy well I, I just want to say something yeah. on Brendan because I think wait so the other the other three that I've got written down as potentials are Gerard Martinez and Brendan Rogers. yeah I, I, think, I, had, I had Martinez as well yeah I think Martinez he's been tried and it didn't work out for him and I think what he's done with Belgium wouldn't satisfy this consortium that's just yeah. taken that's just taken charge of Newcastle. Yeah, he, he was my he was my fourth choice out of the four that I've got. Yeah, I think Gerard. I would make a similar argument about hasn't been in the game long enough. Yeah. yeah, there's not enough experience. But I think Brendan Rodgers is an interesting one. But and I think more interesting in terms of the implications for Leicester if he does leave mm. because it leaves them in a very tricky position. They're doing not that great this season already. If he leaves, they've got to find a new manager. To be could fair, be, though, it could be tricky. Leicester, for them. Leicester would definitely look at some of the guys we've already said, like yeah. Favre or Favre, Favre, whoever you say. They look at him for sure. Potter, Potter, they'd look at him for sure. And then this last guy, I'm gonna say, uh, Ernesto Valverde, the former Barcelona man. Obviously, his time at Barcelona didn't didn't end great. I feel like that's not necessarily 100 percent down to him because that club is, as we've spoken about before, is just rotten to the core really yeah uh, but if you look, actually look at his record he has two La Ligas to his name he also won three titles with Olympiacos in a different obviously in the Greek League uh, and it's not that it overly matters that well but apparently he speaks English rather well uh, it's, it's just it's just known that he does um, and I think he is a manager that with like obviously not with the toxicity of Barcelona he has been around the traps a fair bit plays obviously plays a good style of football and also, maybe the profile of him, Newcastle, on first base to him would be not a big enough profile team. But if the, I think if the wages are good enough and the contract's good enough, he could be tempted to do it. Yeah, no, I actually really like that. I, I, I like that. Because I, I feel like it's a, it's a good mix of sort of, he is of the stature that Newcastle want, and, but like isn't too high that... He, he wouldn't accept this sort of job. Yeah, it's and kind would be, of... would be happy with the money, sort of It's thing. kind of like Man City signing Roberto Mancini. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no, I, I rate that one. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so a lot of different... Uh, have you actually heard who they've been rumoured to be after? Well, yeah, I, I heard those five. Um, Lampard, Gerard Martinez, um, Lucien Favre, and, and Graham Potter. Ah, right. And also Brendan Rodgers. Yeah. But I think there's heaps of names out there yeah I mean, so this is by the mirror or something so yeah so. it'll be, be like this is a decision that's probably going to have to be made within the, within the week so or within within a fortnight at least now they've they've got someone who can be caretaker oh okay yeah, the, yeah. they i think i was i was reading some before that they apparently trust or whatever but <laughs> that's know. very shifty <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah we'll see how it works out but then obviously with the manager comes the the, the 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 transfers and the squad that the manager will try and implement. So uh, areas of concern for transfers. Where do we think they need to strengthen? I've got three areas of concern. I think they need to strengthen. Where do you think they need to improve on? Center back and center midfield. Yeah, I've said center back, center midfield, and striker. Yeah, yeah. Striker for me. Uh... Yeah, I just think, I think like, they got to shift Joel Linton. Like they, they, they need to shift Joel Linton. Oh, but, Callum Wilson. But I think yeah, Callum Wilson yeah, is good enough. Yeah, yeah. But the problem is he's just been injured for the majority of the time he's been at Newcastle. Yeah. So, but if he's fit, he is. I think he's a really good person to have in the squad. He's got heaps, heaps of Premier League experience. 
he scores goals consistently. Mm. Um, and it's just the type of player that will work hard. Yeah. A lot of the times I feel like with these, t- when we'll get into this, but a lot of the times with these takeovers, yeah. Players get, come for the money and sort they of just get, coast. They, exactly. They get players in who have a too big a stature for the club, yeah. where it's currently at. And yeah. All right, so let's get on to the, the transfers. So I'll go first for this one because you went first to the managers. Okay. <laughs> Bit of uh, symmetry. Um, so the first player I've got, Aaron Ramsey. Now, a player who was great in the Premier League for Arsenal before leaving for bigger wages at Juventus is essentially the reason he left because Arsenal wouldn't offer him the wages he thought he deserved. And maybe he did. But um, now he's a little injury prone, I, I will admit. But uh, he's been rumoured last off-season to be wanting a return to the Premier League and Newcastle could offer him better wages than perhaps other clubs i.e. Arsenal could Uh, and I I think while he does turn 31 in December he would offer like really valuable Premier League experience and just sort of centre midfielder centre midfielder sort of know-how for players like Joe Willock Uh, he's just a really good goal-scoring box-to-box midfielder can also play at 10 and uh, yeah I just think his experience combined and like he maybe isn't like a super long-term prospect, but I also don't think during this transitional period that you want a whole lot of long-term prospects. You want some players to come in and just do a job day dot. And I think Aaron Ramsey can do that for at least two more years and then, you know, they can start building from there. So he's my first pick, centre midfield. Yeah, no, I, I, I like that. Again, like it's, it's just the experience that you want and yeah, instant impact that they will need to stay up. Um, I'll go with my first one as um, John Stones. Oh, interesting. <laughs> you, think, you think he will leave City? Well, I'm not sure, but I was thinking about it. And he's, I think he's 27 now. Yeah. He's won quite a bit with City in his time there. And he could go to, like, he'd have to be offered a lot of money to go there. Yeah. And, like, if, if he gets a lot of money and can spend, what, the next six seasons there in what would be a very good time of his sort of um, how good he is at at playing the game Um, I think he could have a very big big impact on them realising the the goal of the consortium and getting up to um, challenging for the Premier League within the next five to ten years so yeah I think he brings a lot of experience he is sort of falling out of first first team favor at City True. even though they rotate their, their squad a lot it seems that he's not really part of that um, you know f- first choice partnership yeah. at center back so yeah I feel like that's a good shout I feel like it's 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 definitely a summer transfer not a January one though yeah would you agree yeah because yeah. that was the the one thing I was thinking is he might want to push for the champion give it one more shot yeah. to win the Champions League this season yeah yeah yeah. No, but that's a good shout, and that's actually slightly more of a high-profile centre-back than the two I'm about to list. Uh, but I just feel like uh, Rob Holding or Callum Chambers. So I've got Rob Holding slash Callum Chambers okay. as my two. So oh, not quite as good uh, as John Stones. Ceiling's probably not as high. But for me, uh, with, Will, with William Saliba returning to Arsenal next year, that, that's uh, White, Gabriel, and Saliba as the first three-choice centre-backs. 
Um, one or both of holding and chambers will be surplus to requirements. That's if he doesn't go back out on loan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the, the reports that have been swirling around the past week or so uh, have been that uh, Arsenal are fully intent on bringing him back. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, like one or both of holding and chambers could be surplus to requirements next season. Uh, both are solid defenders who would do a job for a team looking to push into the top half of the table. Um, and apart from the cells, they are upgrades on what Newcastle have currently. Yeah, uh, which I feel like that's not that outlandish a statement to make, and they're also younger than Fabian Shah and Federico Fernandez as well. Yeah. So, and I'm not sure about Kieran Clark, but I would probably say younger than him too. I I rate it, and I feel like it's similar to John Stones because they do have Jamal Lascelles, who is I think going to be a big part of the rebuild. Yeah, for sure, because he is a big personality, probably good in the. Um, in the locker room, locker room. Yeah, that's what I was going to say club room. It didn't sound right. And the, um, but yeah, what you need is, is the other centre back who's a bit better on the ball, a bit more um, versatile. So yeah, I think any of those John Stones would be obviously the the higher profile one. But, yeah, I also think like, like they may eventually be splash splashing a lot of cash, but right now I think the Saudi Arabia team might not be willing to you know spend. John Stone's money on a yeah. centre back, so it's it's like probably a slightly cheaper option, wages and transfer fee wise. Uh, but but with that being said, it's not, it's a less good option. Like they're both solid players, but they're not John Stones. How how old are they? Rob Holding is twenty five, and yeah. Callum is twenty four. I'm pretty sure. See, they're both young as well, and 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 I rate the idea of that sort of age, Newcastle bringing players in because they'll be there. And, you know, by the time Newcastle think they're going to be good in five to ten years, these players might not be the first choice anymore, but they're still good second string. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, like, if, if you buy a, a, a Rob Holding now at 24 or whatever it is, um, and in a couple of years, like, I don't think he's going to be worth nothing, which seems to happen quite a lot when these when these takeovers splash out of cash. Exactly, yeah. And, and But, like I said, yeah, like, it's just someone... Who who's a little bit better on the ball to pair with Jamal Lascelles because Jamal Lascelles, as club captain, and he 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 is like the center point of that defense. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I think yeah, any of those three will definitely do a job. Uh, I, I, if I, if you had to pick out of those three, the most the one they're most likely to go for, if they, if you know, they might go for someone else completely, but out of those three, who do you reckon is the most likely? I would say Rob Holding. Yeah, I would say Rob Holding it's because it, it just seems the, to be the middle ground. Yeah, but I would like to see them go for John Stones because I think it'd be good for John Stones too. Yeah, for sure. I think he could be, you know, he could raise his stature. I think. Yeah, because he's kind of seen as a bit unreliable. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, um, if they also, to be fair, if 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 whoever manager they bring in is still intent on playing a three at the back, maybe they go for all three. Yeah. <laughs> or just or two, or maybe they go for Rob Holding, John Stones, and play them with uh, all, all English. Yeah. Back three. That's another thing about the, the three centre backs is like these. I mean, the the owners will know this because they'll they'll have their various informants and stuff. But like the keeping the English core of players because of the English cohort rule in the Premier League is also key as well. Yeah. On that note, yeah. Declan Rice. Declan Rice, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I sort of take your point, and it's something that I didn't really think about. Like, maybe they shouldn't go for really young players, and maybe Declan Rice is bordering on that. But he's almost a finished article, though. He's, he's 22. Um, and yeah, I, I just think, again, 
over the next 10 years of his career, Newcastle, you know, w- w- within five years, most people think that they're, they're going to be up there. So I, I, th- I think it could be a good move for Declan Rice as well. Um, and he just strikes me as a player who is going to work hard and do the hard yards that Newcastle need to do in order to get themselves out of the spot they're in. So are we seeing a potential bidding war between Manchester United and Newcastle United? <laughs> I'd Declan love to Rice. see it. That I'd would be so it. funny. <laughs> and I think he deserves a big contract at one of these big clubs. And yeah, yeah. No, like he's he's been talked about as 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 a top as a top four, top six um, signing for uh, two years now, and it's yeah. definitely worth it now. Uh, I, I personally, I I. I I have a weird feeling that United's going to go hard for him, yeah, in the off season. But like again, I it's it's I definitely thinking, a possibility. When I was thinking about it, I was also thinking of of Calvin Phillips, yeah, maybe one but of I, the two. But it's we. I think for some reason, I feel like it's going to be harder to pull Calvin Phillips away from Leeds. But then again, I suppose, the, I, I suppose that was what I was thinking at the start of the season. But right now, yeah. the way Leeds are playing... And to be fair, they're both academy graduates from the clubs they play for, so it'll be equally hard for yeah. both of them. If anything, it might be edging towards easier for Calvin Just Phillips. Because West Ham are pushing uh, Europe, or yeah. in Europe at the moment. So, yeah. yeah. But again, that's another that's another good shout. Like, And, and like, it would be wild if in one off-season, they both go to United and Newcastle, one goes to the other. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be cool. <laughs> it's going to be really cool. Uh, which brings me to my last first one before I go into my honourable mentions. Uh, this, I, I sort of went between uh, the guy I'm going to mention in my honourable mentions and this guy, but I've settled on this guy. Divock Origi. Might strike you as a bit of like, oh, he's not that big a name. But despite not getting much game time at Liverpool, every time he features for Liverpool, he has like a pretty respectable frequency of finding the back of the net like he like he's his goals per minutes re- rec- ratio record whatever it is yeah, yeah. is pretty damn good for a guy who's like in the team every sort of six games seven games and I feel like I'm pretty sure he's 27 28 something like that yeah, um, he's around that, yeah. So he's like he's in his prime and I think he like he would he would flourish and he knows the Premier League well yeah. flourish leading the line or in a two up top with like a Callum Wilson for a team uh, that's a little bit less for now at least in the stature of Liverpool I feel like and and like maybe he'd be deterred by Newcastle being like a big set down because they're in the relegation zone but then as soon as you know the owners are like hey but look at this 150k a week or whoever much more you want contract yeah. he'll be like well hang on a minute and like maybe he, he doesn't always strike me as a guy who would work overly hard but maybe in like an effort to prove that to Liverpool that don't see him as that, you know, guy, and he can be like, "Well, look at what you're missing out on." So, yeah. and I also just think, yeah, he's just a very—he's a good player to watch. I like watching him play when I do get to see him. Yeah, no, I, I rate that. I reckon he's—I reckon he's very good. But yeah, I think the the issue would be whether he can do it consistently because I haven't really seen him. Mm. But and and they're gonna need that. I also sure. just think that like it's really hard to find strikers for me when I was looking at it because like strikers there's just like, such a premium on strikers at the moment because there's just, there's just not many great ones out there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> on that note, one's just actually popped into my. I only had two written down, but one's just popped into my head in oh, terms yeah. of hardworking strikers. DCL. Oh, Dominic. Yeah. I feel like that could be a good. I mean, it's not great for he's, me personally, he's, he, but he, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he 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 he's not from Newcastle, but he's from like. Sheffield, Sheffield, which is yeah. around there, yeah. 
I think that could be a good one. He's someone who's going to, again, be around for, for a while. Um, and there's just no doubting how, how hard he works. Yeah. Like, and Newcastle, like, like Newcastle can offer him way more wages than Everton can. Yeah. So that could spell trouble for Arsenal as well as yeah, as well as Everton. And number one striker <laughs> off the board, and your number one striker that plays <laughs> for your team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, that's a good shout. Um. So yeah, finally, my my honorable, my first honorable mention, and uh, is Anthony Martial. He was it was him or Origi, and I just thought, I don't know. I feel like Martial needs to get out of the league. Yeah. I, for me, I didn't put him on there because it just shit, shit attitude, and I don't think it's gonna it's it's not gonna resolve itself. Yeah, when he gets put on higher wages. Yeah, or, or even has a new club. I think he just needs to go back to France. Really, yeah. like I think it's just like an element of him not really feeling at home slash whatever his issues are. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my next honorable mention was Donny Van der Beek. Um, I feel like he could go to any other Premier League club that's in the top half and do a really good job but I personally if if, if, if I could you know remove the pieces around the chessboard at free will I would stick him right in the Everton midfield because I think he would excel there yeah um, but if he, like, maybe they're, they're fine with Allen and Ducure Newcastle could like, he could do a similar job to Aaron Ramsey slightly more defensive minded um, I think it's yeah I, I think it's a fair call, but I, I feel like the the issue with it is that it, it hasn't worked at United, and I think the sort of um, what's the word <laughs> ambition of this new Newcastle of the new, new Newcastle owners is proven players, yeah. yeah, or at least you know someone who can prove themselves or. I suppose Donny Van Der Beek's still good, but I just feel like his stature has fallen since he's gone to. Yeah, to United. He stocks. He stocks. Yeah, lost. that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's a fair call. And then my last uh, honorable mention is James Tar- Tarkowski. Tars- yeah, Tarkowski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only reason I didn't pick him over Rob Holding or Callum Chambers is because he's not as good on the ball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's what I was going to say. Yeah, it would just seem that you'd get another. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And you, yeah. You don't want to be Burnley. Yeah, and like yeah, he is really good, and I do think he, if, if and hopefully when Burnley get relegated this season, I think he should move to a Premier League club because he's a very good defender. Yeah, he's just not on the on the ball quality that I think a team of a manager of the ilk that the owners want is. Yeah, yeah. actually, just just thinking now. Ben Mee could be a good target as well. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, something about Ben Mee just sort of strikes me as that guy that even if Burnley go down, he's going to stay with him there. Yeah. Yeah. Fair shout. Yeah. He just fucking loves that club, like, so much. Yeah. Despite the fact that they have racist fans that fly banners over there. Playing. Yeah. <laughs> he denounced them, but he still loves the club. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, that's who we think is a good target for managers and who we think is a good potential, some good potential transfers. But now, uh, another club about just over 10 years ago, by the name of Manchester City, you may have heard of them, also had a billionaire oil, Middle Eastern oil state buy them out. Uh, And they bought a host of players in the first five or so years. Um, Some of them good, but some of them really not so good. Uh, So we're just going to go through now. I'm going to throw some names at you. And... um, yeah, we'll just sort of be like, this is like a type, This is the type of player that Newcastle should look at. This is the type of player that Newcastle should avoid. So first and foremost, Robinho. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Don't look at him. Avoid. <laughs> I didn't even know this, but he's in prison now, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah, he was jailed in 2017 uh, for rape. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so quite a dark story there. I, I um, think he, he famously said um, that Man City tricked him into signing because he thought it was actually Manchester United. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's that's what you also you don't want to... You don't, you don't wanna, you don't, despite Newcastle United being somewhat well-known, you don't want that to happen where, like, you know... A player joins who doesn't really know the club but sees the money and then just flops. Mm. Um, then, on the other hand, in the same window, that this this person was, was actually bought on the eve of the takeover, but wasn't necessarily on the, um, by the people, the new owners, Pablo Zabaleta. Yeah, now that is a player. He didn't he didn't have any Premier League experience at the time, but like they, if they can get that sort of player. Exactly, they're they're the ones you want. And looking at this window that when when after Sheikh Mansour took over, yeah. they spent one hundred and twenty three um, million pounds in in that one window. Yeah, and they got Zabaleta and Vincent Company for just over twelve million pounds. Yes, yeah. Company even like, like yeah yeah these are those lower those lower sort of um, spends. But just sort of sort of ones for the future, I think, are the ones to yeah. yeah but those are good ones. So you go to the, move to the next window, Carlos Tevez. Like on face value, amazing player, goals, goals, goals. But then the temperament issues. Yeah. Do you want that if you're trying to pretty much enact a massive change in the football club? Do you think it's worth the trade off? I, I think so. I, I think his goals just kind of make, make up for it. I don't know, though. I think it's... Maybe if it had come at, like, a couple seasons after... So so, so maybe not in the windows one after the, the takeover, but in a couple more where they've pulled in a few more hard-working Pablo Zabaletas and Vincent Companies and got the team up a bit higher and then bring him in when... He's not the big the big guy on the team. It it sort of makes it easier to. It sort of it quells that sort of um, negative effect of of his ego. Yeah, yeah. Gareth Barry. That's a that's that's a good signing. I don't think it really worked out. Yeah, but, but that's a good. That's the type, type of player of you want. You want. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and in the same window, Jolien Lescott. I reckon that's a he. Uh, people don't look back on him so so fondly, but like. He won four trophies in five seasons. Like, yeah. He was solid next to company. It is a weird one because, yeah, I think people look at that signing and say it didn't really work that well, but he his record is, is actually really good yeah. and he was very good for Everton too. Yeah. It's, it's 22 million pounds you guys got for him. Apparently that was like a huge transfer fee at the time in 2009. Yeah, they've taken both John Stones and Lescott <laughs> off us. Um, in the same window though, however, Emmanuel Adebayor now known infamously for his goal celebration against Arsenal uh, but then scored 14 scored 14 league goals in his first season one in his second never really turned out I feel like that's too far on the temperament scale yeah I was just gonna say yeah that's an example of, of where it's um, where it didn't work <laughs> yeah alright moving on um, well I'm gonna mention it just because like you can't really predict for these things but like Adam Johnson don't make that mistake again yeah no. <laughs> um, moving on to season 2010-11 now you'll be very lucky to find a player like this again but Yaya Toure obviously if they can find someone like that then, yeah I mean there, there, are, there are a few players of that ilk in the in, in the league at the moment you look at Abdullah Dukure uh, yeah. as one 
but yeah, like you'll be hard pressed to find. I, th- I think looking at like sort of this succession of windows, like it, it comes back to it again, like in the first few windows, don't go for the ones that think they're better than the club. Yeah. Get the ones in who are going to work hard and build the club up. And then when you're one season before you're going to win the the Premier League, yeah. <laughs> you bring in a Yaya Torre and he takes you to that next level. Yeah. Because to be fair, people thought he was going to be a flop because of how he didn't work at Barcelona. But then he comes to Man City and just lights the world on fire. He was, yeah, he was just incredible. Yeah. Um, and another, another not un- unknown, but like unknown in terms of the Premier League, but but well, well known in the, in the, in the Spanish league, David Silva, like, oh uh, yeah, like he, was bought for twenty five million pounds, which is which is a decent amount of money. But like for how much impact he had at the club, it just shows like you don't twenty five million pounds ten years ago is probably around about forty five to fifty million pounds now. Yeah, and like if you can get a player like that for that much money, that's really good business. He is, yeah, probably if if not their best player behind Aguero, like yeah, like equal with him. He yeah. is, yeah, he was incredible and everything he did there was just beautiful it was really good Uh, and then another one Alexander Kolarov now this like it seems as like a kind of like a like people who won't don't really know much or didn't really watch much of City would be like oh those free kicks he hit what a player but not actually that good a defender yeah yeah So okay, this is another thing. Like, I honestly don't remember too much about him, to be honest. So he was just he, he. Well, this 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 Guardian article sums it up. Um, sums it up perfectly. Lasted seven years despite never quite mastering the art of defending. Could strike a mean free kick though. <laughs> yeah, nice. So like, but yes, another thing you got to you got to avoid these players who are playing for like all right teams, but like have these flashy highlight reels. Yeah, like, you want solid, hard working players because the Premier League doesn't allow you to be kind of okay and good at one or two things you need to be an all-round good player especially if you're a defender yeah yeah um lastly i think because like after 2011-12 they were pretty much up and running but like in terms of the first few windows lastly uh it's really i just want to touch on really interesting i didn't even know city had this city had him jerome boateng <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. No, I saw that. I saw a picture of him in the top of that article. And, yeah, yeah I, I, I don't remember them having him at all. Yeah, it's really the really the Guardian article here is really funny. It goes looked unconvincing and was allowed to leave for Bayern after just one season. Fair to say he's improved since. <laughs> he went on to have a half decent career. For yeah, sure. and the uh, the last thing I'll say just um just before we move on uh the, there's one player that they signed in the next window in 2011-12 um he goes, owen hargraves he goes played 13 minutes of premier league football before retiring three out of ten <laughs> wait owen hargraves played for 13 minutes for city really yeah. i didn't know that neither did i all right they also had lampard in there they as did well. have but he actually won he actually won the league with them he so. was he was good yeah. yeah he scored against chelsea too yeah inevitably but right, uh, so that's that's pretty much everything. I've got um Newcastle. I've, oh, you know, you got some more. I've got a few notes just on Chelsea's two windows after they after, out by after, yeah, yeah. So Abramovich took over the club in July two thousand and three. Um, in their first, so in Man City's first window after they got um taken over, they spent one hundred and twenty million pounds, and Chelsea spent basically exactly the same amount of money. On Wayne Bridge, Joe Cole, McAuley, um, Veron, and Hernan Crespo, and I think it's just like a, another, like another indication of 
you need to get the like the players who worked, Joe Cole, Makaleli, and probably Wayne Bridge were the cheaper players. Yeah. And Veron and Crespo, who were these, you know, Stars. had the stature. Yeah. yeah. Um Yeah, it didn't work out quite as well. And Didier Drogba was quite an unknown when they bought him, eh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they so they already had John Terry and Frank Lampard in, in the team. Yeah. And they finished fourth. No, yeah, they finished fourth before Abramovich took them over. So they had that window, and then they bought in Cavalio, Czech, Drogba, Robin, and Paolo Ferreira. Holy shit! And then they and then they pretty much won the league two times in a row. So yeah, yeah. I, I think it's just an indication that you know Chelsea were sort of on the cusp. Man City were like just outside of the cusp, and Newcastle have a big, big job on their hands to yeah. get to. Yeah, to I think were. City were like between eighth to tenth. Yeah, but Newcastle are seventeenth. So yeah, yeah, it's a big change. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's 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 the, our complete sort of coverage of the Newcastle situation, if you will. Uh, finally, before we finish today, uh, so obviously it's been the international break, um, and there's been some World Cup qualifiers, but also some rather pointless Nations League games, Wilbur. And uh, a certain quote from, if you want to take it, for, from a certain Belgian goalkeeper. It's, uh, I can't remember the quote. Ah, yeah. well, just the general gist of what he said. He basically called um, the Nations League out for what it is, um, and it's just trying to get as much, squeeze as much money out of the players as possible without any regard for their their well well being. Yeah, because I think he's like, uh, like we we play, like, like se- like like some some players end up playing seventy games in a season. We have four weeks off for holiday, and then it's back into a season. This isn't a sustainable, and we have like no winter break or anything. This isn't a sustainable way to like uh, to care for players and like especially this season because because of, of covid there's been like what this is the third international second international break already and we're not even 10 games into the season yeah like it's and there's going to be another one before christmas yeah which is just ridiculous no one no one likes them either like yeah. you don't you don't i mean eat like so even these really good nations league sort of you know prospects of like Belgium versus France like you don't you're not excited for them yeah and like it means nothing like I get you need to have some international breaks for World Cup and European qualifiers I get that but like they do not need to be more than twice uh like twice every six months yeah like exactly they do not need to be like like and maximum three times a year in my opinion yeah that you can do some friendlies very very infrequently and then do your qualifiers for the major tournaments and then have the major tournaments and yeah. only once every four years as well. yeah and yeah exactly the idea that the world the world cup should be every two years is, is stupid and i'm quite sad that arsene Wenger's so for it as a, as, yeah. a, as a hero of mine yeah but it is it is what it is but yeah i just think that like it, it yeah it, it's the way that a lot of sport is moving at the moment because like in the nfl they've just in- introduced uh, an extra 17th game in the in the regular season and already there's been so many teams including my team that i support the new york giants that have just been decimated with injuries and they're not and we're not even um a third of the way through the season yet and mm. it's just like that just adds more strain on the players bodies like literally the nba finished its uh bubble season and then they like and then like within two months had started their next season uh, 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 there was either going to be a 62 game season started in January or a 72 game season started on Christmas and they did that instead and all the players were like what the what the fuck we want we want to have a bit of a break we want to see our families on Christmas but no these yeah. these these major uh, sports 
corporations, I guess, yeah. want to just squeeze every last inch out of the players to make every last buck. And, it, and, and eventually it's, and it already is causing mass injuries across the board. Yeah. And I, I suppose, you know, as, as much as all the, like, as you said before, as much as all the Newcastle stuff is interesting, it is a symptom of, of, of that as yeah. well. Like there's, there's too much money in it really. Yeah. When we're talking about all these takeovers, it's, Ridiculous. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, there's already so much money in it. That, like, there doesn't need to be these extra international games played. The international, like, 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 the money is to is is to be made in the domestic leagues, like, and the major tournaments, like, the nations league, like, yeah, you might make a little bit of extra money, but like, no one's fucking watching that. Like, no one cares about it. Yeah. Like, like, literally, like, it's just like big whoop. Like, it's the nations league. It's, it's it's a glor- It is a glorified friendly. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like the community shield, like. I get the community shield is kind of like a ceremonial curtain raiser, but like no one gives a shit about it. Yeah. I mean, but but because it's tradition, like yeah, yeah. We, we we like the community shield. Yeah, we like the community shield <laughs> because it's tradition. But like, what tradition is there in the Nations League? It's been it's been around for two years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. Anyway, anyway. Um. So that that's our thoughts on it, uh, and and yeah, it's just it's it's it's. It's kind of it like it is kind of sad like the way that money seems to just like control sports in a way, but it is it's just sort of the way of the future. And there's nothing us sitting in our little office space in Coburg can do it can do about it. So except roll except roll with it and just just focus on the football. Because, yes. yeah, this this whole thing has been a little bit sad, but yeah. But but at the end of the day, uh, with international football aside, the Premier League is just, is 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 already more interesting this season than it's been in ten years, or maybe not ten years, but in some time. Uh, and it's with this Newcastle thing, it's going to only become even more interesting. And if we don't, if we leave you with anything from today, we'll leave you with the fact that if the, if you already didn't think that the Premier League was not even close, the best league in the world, like sorry, the Premier League was the best league in the world, and it wasn't even close then you definitely need to think that now because yeah. it's just not even close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like no league comes close to the level of competitive competitiveness that the Premier League offers. Yeah, yeah. for sure. It's, it's going to be a big job to get to the top of it. Yeah, big, big, big job. But yeah, that's the beauty of it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's all we've got time for. Uh, let us know what you think. Follow us on Instagram, Spotify, a lot. I think we also were also on Google Podcasts, but I never checked that. So. Oh, are we? <laughs> yeah, apparently. Cool. <laughs> I, was, I was on the little thing that uploads it that we upload our uh, things to the transistor thing, and it was like, yeah, Google Podcasts. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. But you can listen there too. <laughs> yeah, if you're so inclined. <laughs> but yeah, uh, forty yard switch on the the forty yard switch on Spotify, forty uh, yard switch dot pod on Instagram. Uh, we'll see you there. Thanks for now. Bye bye. Bye bye now. <laughs>